Welcome to the True Self Podcast. I am your host, Bianca Randolph. I am a certified nutrition coach, CrossFit Level 1 trainer, beauty counter consultant, an advocate of all things health, wellness, and living a happy and positive life. As someone who was formerly depressed and overweight, I know what it's like to feel stuck, but it doesn't have to be that way. Fitness and nutrition were my answer to happiness and positivity. The True Self Podcast was thought up as a means to share my stories and knowledge, but most importantly, have others share theirs. Focusing on overall health and wellness instead of what your body looks like are the answers to finding your happy, your empowerment, and the confidence you're looking for to walk down the path of being your true self. This path may be bumpy at times, but I guarantee it'll be worth it. So let's get this going. Guys, happy Tuesday. I am so feeling that new intro. What do y'all think? I mean, I may be a little bit biased towards it, but you know, whatever. If you can't be proud of your own work, then who will, right? Might as well toot your own horn when you can. So as you noticed, there wasn't a new episode last Thursday, and that's just because I'm changing it up on y'all. Not only will you be getting one new episode per week, you'll be getting two now. I'm committing myself to doing two per week. That's right. Not only will you be getting one new episode per week, you'll be getting two. Count them. Uno, dos. I'm bilingual. In case you didn't know, kind of. I swear I speak Spanish, but it's really funny just because I don't really use it that much. That's besides the point. So with this new change, I decided to share with y'all my story a little bit more. I know that in our very first episode, I discussed it a little bit with Jahida, but didn't really get into the nitty gritty of things. I didn't get into the details or the specifics as to why I wanted to become a coach. How was it that I went from absolutely hating my life to now being in a much better place physically and mentally? So when I was younger, I was a really shy girl. As much as you would think I wasn't because, you know, introverts don't usually want to do podcasts or maybe that's like a stereotypical thing or aren't very open to sharing their life uh, on Instagram or putting themselves out there. I was very shy, very insecure of myself. My mom at one point, she probably still does. She would joke that she had to speak for me because I wouldn't do it for myself. Um, And that's because I was so shy. Like whenever we'd go to places, I don't know if you've experienced this, but whenever we'd go to like a restaurant, you know, the parents would always be like, like, I remember if you would go to like McDonald's or Burger King or whatever, and you're relying on your parents to order for you. But then you have that one parent, my mom was that one parent, that would be like, order for yourself, I'm not going to do it for you. And I would get so nervous and so scared, eventually she would do it for me. (laughs) And I think I've shared this too, where I was just so insecure with myself and so scared to do anything out of my comfort zone that I didn't get my driver's license until I was 19. Yeah, it was, it's, I don't know if that's sad, but I find it kind of sad because I had all that opportunity. Like kids, when they're teenagers, they can't wait to drive and get their license to be independent. But I didn't want to do any of that shit because that meant I would have to do things on my own. So that's just a little bit of an insight as to what it was, as to how 
I was. And um, because I was so shy, I really didn't have any too many friends. My circle of friends right now is super small, but that's because it's by choice, um, because I have certain ideals and certain goals that I want to achieve. So I typically try to surround myself around people that have the same goals and ideals. But back in the day, I didn't have very many friends just because I chose, well, I didn't choose it, but I was just so shy. I, I was so scared to talk to new people and it was just, man, I just like secluded myself a lot. So I didn't do extracurricular activities. My mom never forced me to do those. I was a good student and a well-behaved daughter. So I never caused my mom any grief or anything for the most part. And pretty much I would do everything my mom would ask of me. You know, I have two older sisters and a younger sister. All of them were social butterflies, um, at least from my perspective. That's how they came off. I was the complete opposite of them. Don't get me wrong. When it came to my sisters and my family, I was very outspoken in my opinions. But that's because I was in I was in a comfortable space to do it. But when it came to other people... I mean, I still marched to the beat of my own drum, but it was only to a certain extent where I I had like a passion, like I had conviction towards that opinion. And then for the most part after that, like I wouldn't even, I, I would keep to myself because I would get so nervous. And even now meeting new people and talking to new people, it's, you know, it's part of my job as a nutrition coach to meet new people. It's, I'm still so awkward as fuck. It's not even funny, but I'm I'm learning to embrace it. But with my sisters being social butterflies, at least again, like I said, from my perspective, I always had self-confidence issues and insecurity issues because I always looked to them as being prettier and skinnier than me. And of course, because they were prettier and skinnier than me, they were perfect and they could be social and they could have a ton of friends and they could go out and go to parties and do all that stuff because they were pretty and because they were skinnier. Growing up Hispanic, food is and has always been a part of my culture. I mean, I think most of y'all can understand if you're Hispanic. Mexican food is not the healthiest food. Um, It's very high in carbs, very high in fat. And you have staples like rice, beans, and tortillas, right? That's definitely something that was normal to my diet. And when I talk about diet here in this context, I'm talking about a style or a form of eating, not a diet where you are trying to lose weight in a fast amount of time. Um, So my diet was not the healthiest because I always ate rice, beans, and tortillas, or one or a combination of the two or all of them at the same time with every meal. And it never really crossed my mind that it wasn't healthy. It never, just because that's what I grew up with, right? And then My mom, I mean, that's what she grew up with, and she didn't know what she didn't know. To her, it's normal. But obviously, now that I'm older and I know what I know, it's not it's not the best and healthiest diet to have, especially if I come from a family 
where there's a history of diabetes and high blood pressure and all these health problems. So going back to when I was younger, right? So when I was insecure, I didn't really socialize, as I mentioned, and therefore I would spend my days and after school and like all my summers, I really wasn't one to hang out with friends and like I I watch so I watched Stranger Things, right? And these little boys hang out with each other all the time, like especially during the summer. They're like, I'm just gonna go visit so and so at their house. And the parents were like, Okay. And that was that summer, right? Summer you get to hang out with friends. That I always watch shows with that and I never knew what that would really was like because my summers were spent at home doing nothing but watching TV and eating because of the fact that I was so insecure and so shy so I would eat junk food obviously I wouldn't eat the or the um, whole nutrient dense foods that I eat now like I grew up eating chips and when I say that I can murder a family size bag of chips I am not joking I could kill that shit no problem you know I never my mom did incorporate some vegetables here and there but it was never anything that was part of our everyday no I should say like every meal kind of thing it wasn't a staple in every meal now I try to incorporate that because of the fact that I would spend the summers and then after school at home obviously I was super sedentary and I've always been very sedentary up until you know I started changing my ways and my habits. I saw food as a means to cope with boredom. And because I didn't have many friends, guess who was my friend? My food. Yep, of course. So because of the fact that I was, I'm, I am Hispanic and we grew up with food in front of us as a means to like show any kind of emotion, right? So like if you're happy, you eat, right? You'll make a carne asada. If you're sad, it's like, oh, here, you know, here, I'll make you some food to make you feel better. (laughs) If you're celebrating something, it's always around food. That history has built like a disordered eating. I don't want to say I have like a, an eating disorder, but it's disordered eating in the fact that anytime I feel any kind of emotion, anything at all, I'm happy. It's like, let's go out and celebrate and have something to eat. That's really, really good. Or I'm really sad. I'm just going to binge eat on these foods that make me happy while I'm eating them but then make me feel like shit later on it's like there's no other way to celebrate aside from eating food and to this day I still sometimes find myself reverting back to those old habits and it's a lifelong process for me even though I'm a nutrition coach now I still get those feelings because it's been programmed into me so just because you have changed habits or anything like that doesn't mean that old habits don't try to creep back up. Um, It's always a lifelong pursuit of establishing consistency in good habits that will lead you to your goals. So when I was young, I knew from the very get-go, from the very time that I could pretty much be aware I knew that I was different from my sisters physically. Like I I knew I was different than them. I looked different. And what really, I remember this so clearly, like what the one time that I remember it became more apparent was when I realized that I was fitting into my older sisters, my two older sisters clothes who were in high school, by the way, at this point. 
I was fitting into their clothes when I was in middle school. So that's when I realized that I knew that I was different from them. They were always and not just not to like place blame or anything, but they were always quick to point out the difference in my body versus theirs. They were always quick to point out that I had bigger legs, which, you know, I was very insecure about. But they did that because, you know, now now I know that they were insecure of their own bodies as well. But to me, it felt like they were just poking fun at the fact that I was different from them. And I was never skinny like them. They were all a size zero, a size, they ranged from a size zero to a size six. And I don't remember ever being that size. I always remember being a size 10 and above. Like that's all I can recall. Like when you're younger, you don't realize the difference in your body until eventually it becomes, you know, like a, like that event that I'm telling you about, how I realized that I was different. I didn't realize how different I was and I never paid attention to my weight or my size until until that realization happened, until I was like, oh shit, I am fitting in my older sister's clothes and I'm younger than them and I'm supposed to be smaller. How is that possible? As far as I'm concerned, as far as what I remember, I've always been in my head when I was younger, I was always a size 10. It might have not been that way, but that's what I can recall in my memory. So looking back now, obviously now that I like, I am a little bit more aware I wasn't morbidly morbidly obese or even super, super overweight. I wasn't to the point where I was 100 pounds overweight. No, it wasn't like that. But to me and my perspective, I was huge because I was comparing myself to my sisters who were freaking skinny. It's really hard to convince yourself of something that you can't see or if that's all you see. So for me, that's all I saw. I don't claim to have been 100 pounds overweight or morbidly obese, but from my perspective, I was fat and I was overweight because I was comparing myself to, you know, my sisters who were size zeros and (laughs) in my head, they had it, they had perfect lives. I saw fat and I saw ugly. That's all I saw. I remember always comparing myself to the few female friends I did have. I was never pretty like them, and I didn't have the awesome personality or life like them. I am boring and uninteresting. Nobody cares about what I have to say or how I look. I was not special. As a teenager, those were my thoughts, and I thought I would die alone, and I thought no one would ever love me. Those are the things I thought as a teenager. This kind of mentality really didn't go away. I still thought this in my 20s. You'll sometimes still hear me say, oh, I'm boring. That's the self-doubt and the insecurity creeping back in. Remember how I said that I'm? we try to fight off certain habits that we had, but it's hard because they're so ingrained and we're so programmed to think them that they come back even when you've changed to better habits. That happens to me to me sometimes. I mean, you've heard the saying, right? Old habits die hard. It's so fucking true. Now that I'm a little bit more aware, it's a little bit easier to catch when I say things like that and kind of like make a mental note in my head. It's like, mm, no, that's an old habit that you are trying to change. So I'm just it becomes it's just building awareness because of the fact that I struggled so much with my 
self-doubt, my self-confidence. So when I finally moved out of my mom's house, I went crazy on the food that I quote unquote wasn't allowed, mainly fast food. My mom would always, we'd always ask my mom, hey, can I have McDonald's or whatever? And always be, we'll have McDonald's after church. And that's pretty much the only time that we would do that. She would always, I mean, if you're Mexican and you're Hispanic, you know the typical oh, I'm hungry, let's go out to eat something. And then would be like, no, they, I, I, there's food at the house. You can have food from the house. Um, I kind of wanted to say that in Spanish, but I forgot. <laughs> That's how bad my Spanish is, guys. Anyway, um, I went crazy on the fast food. That shit is super easy, convenient, and of course, it tastes good, right? But we all know that it's super bad for your health and your weight, especially if it's consumed in, in excess, yeah, when I was in my mid, so when I was in my mid 20s, and I can't tell you the exact age because I am not about to do the freaking math on this, but I was like in my mid 20s when I met my ex husband. He used to be an athlete, he used to be fit, he used to play football, and he used to do all these sports in school, but he didn't have the best eating habits. So when you happen to meet guys, and I'm not going to group them all together, but most guys who used to be athletes in high school, when you're a teenager, you don't you you can get away with eating shit food and it's not going to do anything. It's not going to do any harm to you, especially if you're active because you're burning off the calories. Right. So you're not going to gain weight. But when you when these guys finish school, they don't continue on with all the activity that they do throughout the day like the extra workouts that they do because sometimes they'll do one in the morning one in the afternoon right they're constantly active then they gain weight that was my ex-husband he thought he could continue eating the way that he used to eat when he was playing sports and therefore he gained some weight so it didn't it didn't benefit my health or my self-esteem when we got together because we both love to eat out and especially eat junk food. So I ate like shit and felt like shit. And then I gained weight because of how I ate. So I felt even worse. And then that would prompt me to be sad and drown my feelings into food and then gain even more weight. So it's a constant cycle, right? As uh, I think when I hit like when I was like my late teens to early 20s, I started suffering from some bouts of anxiety and depression. I didn't know what it was until I started working in the medical field as like a receptionist. I legit would have panic attacks and I didn't know what they were and I didn't know what it was to feel this anxiety and to feel sad until I started noticing people that would come in because you're allowed, you know, you're allowed to read medical records and stuff and I would read the symptoms of what depression and anxiety were and I was like, oh shit, that's what I have. Because I was you know, working at a clinic, um, at a health center, I saw a doctor, the doctor wanted to put me on medication, I refused, and because I refused to do that, he suggested that I see a behavior health counselor. From there, I didn't, so his approach was always eat better, exercise, and journal. I did it for a little bit, and yeah, I felt better, but it really didn't click as to why he was telling me to exercise, eat better, and journal. 
now I'm a little bit aware of it because I understand it. But I think, and I'm not speaking badly about my behavior health counselor because I believe he had a lot. Now that I like think about it, he had a pretty big influence in me. Like he didn't really explain to me why exercise makes you feel better when you're depressed, why eating better makes you feel better, or why eating healthy, why eating whole nutrient-dense foods makes you feel better, Um, why journaling is great. That's where it all, I guess, started, but I never, I wasn't aware of it until now that I'm like recounting everything. The culmination of my low confidence, insecurities, depression, and anxiety all came to a head when I found out that my ex was cheating on me about a year into our marriage. Now, up until this point, guys, I had ignored all the red flags that he had given me. There was issues in our relationship right from the get-go. There was things that popped up that indicated that he was the type that would cheat and he was the type that was looking to talk to other women. The reason why I believe I ignored all those red flags was because of the fact that I was insecure with myself and I felt that I wasn't worthy of anything. I didn't have self-worth, basically. I never thought I was worthy of being loved by anybody, let alone to be married to anybody. Remember how I said when I was a teenager, I thought I was gonna, nobody, I I pretty much nobody would ever love me and I would be alone. Well, (laughs) this is it, you know? Um, And I'm being sarcastic here when I say being married is the most important thing because that's what I thought. Like, I'm being sarcastic because that's what I, in my head, thought. If you were married to somebody, it meant that you were worthy of love. You were considered worthy of being pretty and being amazing and you had this like perfect personality enough to the point you were enough to the point that somebody actually wanted to marry you so that's that's where my insecurities stem from being married in my head it meant that you've got your shit together you've got your shit together enough to find happiness with someone else to be honest now i know that i definitely could have done better let's just clear that up right now because I mean now I have enough self-love to realize that I decided to ignore things that became problem in our relationship so in a way when I found out that he was cheating and he blamed me for it it was super super easy to believe it because of the fact that I didn't have that self-love and self-respect for my own self. To be honest, because of the fact that I didn't have those two things, that's probably the reason why I thought it would just be easier to end it all and to end my life. Just so that way I didn't have to live with the pain of knowing that the person who loved me, quote unquote, the person who loved me the most didn't. And honestly, I didn't love myself. So what was the point? You know, luckily for me, a friend was able to get me away from that toxic environment, at least for that night when it happened. When I locked myself in the bathroom to do what I was going to do, my ex, to say the least, was not happy. The things that came out of his mouth were not of support nor love. Um, Hearing those things that he actually thought of me during a time when I was already down 
during a time I was trying to cope with what he had done. And to hear that I was a selfish bitch pretty much made me realize that I that if I was depending on someone else to show me love and worthiness, I was definitely going about it the wrong way. Especially when you think the person that loves you the most is supposed to be there to support you during good times and in bad. And all he's doing is calling you names that, you know, that hurt. Yeah, that really kind of set off something in my head that if he thought those things and I think those things, then where am I going to find love if I can't even do that for myself? My friend, the friend that took me away or out of that toxic environment for that night, she also made me realize that I had to do better for myself. I'll definitely be grateful for her to that Her intentions probably weren't, hey, divorce him, but she definitely opened my eyes to the fact that other people besides the one person that was supposed to love me unconditionally didn't. Other people did see good in me and did see worthiness in me and did think that I was enough, especially in in a situation where I was so down on myself like that to that point. I really needed to see that support and to see that unconditional love from somebody else in order to snap it out of me. And I'm glad that she was there because obviously my ex didn't do a very good job at that. So I'm not trying to say that it happened from one day to the next. I'm not trying to say that I saw the light right then and there. I mean, but it did really make me think about it. It it planted a seed in my head And it's a seed that's been growing for five years. It's probably, it's a seed that is going to continue to grow forever. And because of the fact that she did that, I was able to kind of start off the journey that I am so grateful for now. I mean, it wasn't an easy process because, and I'm not going to say that it is an easy process because, I mean, let's face it. He did that one year into our marriage, and it still took me, I don't know, five years to actually end it. And at that point, it was just because I didn't give a shit about what he was doing. Like, I honestly didn't give a shit about him anymore. I cared more about myself than I did about him. So I wanted better, and that's why I decided that it was just easier for us to just end it and... When that happened, he was fine with it. I mean, that was the exact reaction that I expected from him. And it made things so much easier. All right. So because I was determined to feel better about myself and not feel the sadness and desperation of thinking that death was the only option, I slowly started to learn how worthy I was of everything I wanted in a partner and in my life. When I made that decision... I joined a gym and did the workouts and the meal plans given to me by the trainers. I started eating better and actually moving. Like I wasn't sedentary anymore. And after a few weeks, I started feeling better both physically and mentally. Now, you'll hear me say, if you eat like shit, you'll think like shit because it's so true. So there is a gut to brain connection. What you feed your body will nourish good thoughts or bad thoughts. It literally has an influence on how you feel. If you eat shitty food, 
food that's gonna that makes you feel sluggish it's more than likely that in your head you're gonna feel sluggish and you're and if you're in a depressed state it's going to make you feel even more depressed. I found that the better I physically felt, the more confident I felt, right? Losing a few pounds and gaining some muscle helped as well. I mean, because who's going to argue that if you are seeing physical changes, it's not going to give you a little bit of confidence because it is. So after six months, I honestly, I mustered up the courage to do something I wanted to do for a while, but thought I wasn't fit enough to do. And I decided to try CrossFit. I had seen, I've seen this on TV. I had seen strong, beautiful, and confident women doing it. Women who were the embodiment of what I wanted to be. So that's why I wanted to do CrossFit. Upon joining, I concentrated on what my body could do. It made me feel empowered. And because I started to admire my body's performance, over its looks, I got the idea in my head that I wanted to become a coach. I wanted to do what my CrossFit coaches were doing for me. They were motivating me and inspiring me during times I couldn't see the capabilities for myself. And because of that, I wanted to do the same for other people. So after four years of doing CrossFit, I finally took the plunge and went to the level one seminar to become a CrossFit trainer. It was there at the level one seminar that I started thinking a little bit more about nutrition. They talk a little bit about it, not as in depth as that I would want it to be, but they talk a little bit about it and they talk, they emphasize consuming whole nutrient dense foods. They do what's called the zone diet which is great, but just what I took away from that is the fact that you're supposed to eat these foods that come from the ground, that are from nature, and and consume highly palatable processed foods as little as possible. The original plan for me was to be a CrossFit coach first, right? And then move into nutrition because eventually I knew I wanted to do that. But... <laughs> The universe always has a way to lead you down the path that you're meant to walk. You just have to be open to and accepting the opportunities when they are presented in front of you. So not long, not long after becoming a CrossFit coach, my love and passion for nutrition grew and I was fortunate enough to be thrown, to be thrown, like it seems like my life, I'm always thrown into circumstances and into situations where I was forced to take on the role as a nutrition coach sooner than I anticipated. So my passion for nutrition grew because after years of working out, doing CrossFit, it all made sense why I made such a mindset shift from sad and depressed to happy, passionate, and driven. Food is literally life, right? I don't think anybody can argue that. The food we eat has a direct impact and effect to how our brains function, how our bodies function how we feel physically. Are you feeling run down? Are you feeling tired? What does your diet consist of that is making you feel that way? You can't concentrate? Well, did you eat something a few hours prior to feeling that way? So the consumption of all highly processed foods, the foods I used to frequently eat, the chips, the fast food, the soda, all that, it's all being linked to so many chronic illnesses that people suffer from nowadays. It's all tied in, guys. Now, if you're like me, right, 
and I mentioned that I'm Hispanic, if you believe that we have no control over how our health is going to be later on, I will have to disagree with you and I will have to argue with you that you're not really researching and understanding the processes of everything that you put in our bo- in your body has a direct effect or correlation to how your health is going to be later on. To me, before I started working out, concentrating on nutrition, to me, my medical fate was already pre-written for me. You know, had I continued the path that I was on, had I continued eating fast food three times a day, had I considered or continued eating uh, junk food as a snack, like ice cream, donuts, chips, had I continued drinking soda over water, I'm pretty sure that I would be suffering right now from the high blood pressure that my mom suffers from, the diabetes that my grandpa suffered from. That is considered a family history, right? When you have a family history, you're more prone to having it. I am 35 fucking years old. I have managed to not have any of those things right now up until this point because I take care of myself. I recently became aware that there's a running issue of endometriosis within my immediate family. And to this point, I haven't had any issues like that aside from the fact that I shared with you guys that I wanted to remove my IUD because of the synthetic uh, hormones from it. I haven't had any kind of issues on that end either. So you tell me how impactful changing your lifestyle to consuming as many whole nutrient-dense foods you can to exercising, you tell me how beneficial that impact is. Why is it that we cannot, you know, connect the dots to that? At my age, it is prime time. That's when people start to notice their health deteriorating but they chalk it up to age. They don't chalk it up to their lifestyle because they refuse to see that. Well, I've learned that it doesn't have to be this way. And that is why I'm passionate about helping others, especially women, to be able to find their way back, back to themselves, back to feeling amazing, back to feeling empowered and confident. I know what it's like to feel depressed and and feel like you're not worthy of anything, feel like you are garbage and you're at such a low point that you don't think you'll ever be able to live up to anything you wish or desire. I mean, if if I'm being honest, I want to say that nutrition and fitness are a gateway to unlocking your potential. Because when you start to feel better and you start to do things out of self-love for yourself and you push yourself beyond your comfort zone, this is very uncomfortable for a lot of people. This was a lot this was very uncomfortable for me. Don't get me wrong. Changing your habits is uncomfortable. Doing things that you don't think you can do is uncomfortable. But doing things because you want to be healthy is a catalyst to allowing you to max out your potential and being able to do things that you didn't think you could do. With that being said, I do want to let you know that I am offering a free Facebook health workshop. Workshop is going to take place on September 26th at 
3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I think that's what it is. I'm in Arizona. I'm pretty sure it's Mountain Standard Time. The workshop will include a guide and it will cover four pillars that I have found to be important to health and well-being. And... You'll also, when you implement these four pillars, you'll also experience weight loss as a byproduct for following these four pillars. So I will include the link in the show notes if you're interested in that. It'll send me a request for you to get into that Facebook group. So be sure to sign up. I guarantee you'll walk away with some great info. And with that, I wanted to just let you know where I'm coming from and why it is that I'm doing what I'm doing. But guys... Be sure to sign up for that Facebook group. I would really love to see you guys in there. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Two episodes coming. It'll be Tuesdays and Thursdays Will you get new episodes. And I've got some great interviews coming up. I'm so excited. And I hope you guys have a good day.